Welcome to the Old Time Radio Superman Show. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, adam at adamsweb.us, and be sure and rate the show on iTunes. Uh, before we get started, I also want to encourage you to pick up your copy of Speed Trap. It's my latest superhero comedy novel featuring the adventures of powerhouse Major Speed, Justice Woman, and the Awesome Women. It's available as a paper book. Also as an audiobook through audible.com or through the iTunes store. That is Spade Trap. I encourage you to pick that up today. Now it's time for today's episode of Superman. The original air date, May the 10th of 1948. And this one's the Ghost Brigade, Part 5. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men. And who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, Superman, in his guise of Clark Kent, tries to link two small pieces of wax to the strange activities of the Ghost Brigade, as the city of Metropolis becomes a hotbed of suspicion and ugly rumor. I was stuck in the subway over two hours yesterday. Can't tell me it's just a breakdown. Seems to me those guys that robbed the Metropolis Bank got away awful easy. All that oil going up in smoke at the waterfront. That'll drive the price even higher. According to the Daily Blade, it's all Mayor White's fault. And I wouldn't be a bit surprised if they're right. Gang, the other day I had a dream to end all dreams. In my dream, I saw a famous columnist named Sidney Snigglegrass Jr., who was rubbing a magic lamp, just like the one Aladdin had. And as he rubbed the lamp, a gigantic genie appeared suddenly in a puff of smoke. What is thy wish, master? The turban genie asked Sidney Snigglegrass Jr. And Snigglegrass answered, It is my wish that all people who came to America from foreign countries, or whose parents or grandparents or great-grandparents came from foreign countries, be exiled to some distant spot. Either that or send them back to where they came from. And the genie said, I can grant thy wish, master, but there is a law in my land which says that whosoever is sent away from his country and is exiled shall be allowed to take with him whatever he has created by his own efforts. This is, I think, a just law. And if you abide by it, I can grant your desire. That's okay with me, Snigglegrass said. Whatever they'll take with them will be good riddance. And the genie said, So be it, master. Then he muttered a few magic words, and a miracle happened. That very instant, a vast fleet of barges and boats sprang up, and into them flocked millions upon millions of Americans of foreign ancestry. And they took with them what they had created in America. And Sidney Snigglegrass, watching with glee, suddenly felt his blood run cold, for a terrible sight greeted his eyes. A little later, I'll tell you what it was, so keep listening. <laughs> And now, the adventures of Superman. A clear, sun-washed morning, bright with the promise of a warm spring day, dawns over the troubled and restless city of Metropolis. 
The past 24 hours have seen three alarming events take place. The complete breakdown of the subway, the robbery of the Metropolis National Bank, and the fiery destruction of the city docks. And each apparently caused by the weird appearance of men long since dead. Men whose names have been scrawled in blood across the pages of history. Captain Kidd, the infamous pirate. Jesse James, the Wild West Desperado. Nero, the Emperor Tyrant of Rome. Now, early the following morning, we find Kent and Mayor White arriving at the scene of a fourth appearance by a member of the mysterious Ghost Brigade. The highway where a large trailer truck was attacked by a band of Indians led by Geronimo, the Indian chief responsible for bloody massacres more than a century ago. Here we are, Chief. Morning, officer. Morning. Is this the place where that truck was hijacked last night? That's right. Come on, Chief. I'm Clark Kent. This is Mayor Perry White. Oh, good morning, sir. Morning. Inspector Henderson told you we were coming, didn't he? Yes, sir. I'm to give you any information you need. Well, let's get on with it. I haven't even had my coffee yet. Exactly. Where did the truck stop, officer? Over here on the soft shoulder of the road. You uh, you see these tire tracks? Uh-huh. And uh, where were the two men, the driver and his helper? We found them over there under that tree. Out cold. According to the driver's story, he was slugged in the cab, so he and his helper must have been carried over there. That's right. There's a good set of footprints in the dirt near the tree. Oh, Whoever made them was wearing slippers or moccasins. Uh-huh, that fits all right. Find anything else? Well, we haven't had a chance to look around thoroughly yet. Lieutenant Mason wanted to wait until daylight. He ought to be long any time now. You mind if we have a look around? No, not at all. Thanks. Come on, Chief. Now, look here, Kent. I'd be a lot happier if you'll tell me what we're doing here. We're looking for a piece of wax. Oh, well, why didn't you say so before? Uh, a what? A piece of wax. Well, that settles it. I'm going back to Metropolis. Of all the stupid hair... Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Chief. Listen to me. I found a small piece of wax, black wax, at the Metropolis Bank. I found it on the floor at the spot where Jesse James was supposed to have been standing. Hmm. Then I searched the subway control office, and I found another piece of wax, red wax. Look, what's a piece of wax got to do with robbing a bank or stealing a truck? That I can't answer yet, but it may be a clue. In fact, I'm sure it is. Wait a minute, what's that? Huh? Something red in this patch of grass. Hey, we're in luck. Wax? Yes, sir, and a pretty big piece, too. Here, look. Hmm, shaped like... I like the tip of a feather. That's right, a feather from an Indian headdress. Now we're getting somewhere. But hang it all, I don't see how a piece of wax is going to help us. Chief, this isn't ordinary wax. I had it analyzed at the police lab. It's the kind of wax they use in modeling. Life-sized figures are made with it, like clothing store dummies. Are you trying to tell me that a bunch of wax dummies hijacked that truck? No, of course not. But this wax is a lead. Now we've got to trace it, find out where it comes from, if it means turning Metropolis upside down. <laughs> Turning abruptly, Kent strides back to the car, and Mayor White, shaking his head in bewilderment, follows behind him. Meanwhile, back in the city, the henchman of Mike Hickey, former political boss of Metropolis, now in jail, swing into action, paving the way for his return. A small black coupe winds through the narrow streets of the crowded tenement district and finally stops in front of a small candy store. The two occupants of the car sit for a moment and carefully survey the scene. You sure this is the place, Takey? Yeah. It was a coal mine in the old days. Don't look so hot to me. No? Pipe that school down the block. All the kids come to this store after they get out. Oh. Does that make sense now? Yeah, sure. But supposing the guy who owns the store won't play ball. Are you kidding? He'll play ball or else. Come on. <laughs> Let me do the talking. Uh, good morning. Morning. 
What can I do for you? Plenty. Don't you remember me, Pop? Why, Turkey Morgan. That's right. What do you want? We're setting up in business again, just like before. No, no. You only had one pinball machine in here last time. This time you'll take two. No, no, I won't. I won't have gambling machines in my store. You try to force me, I'll go to the police. Shut up. You've got a short memory, Pop. Remember what happened last time you said no? What? You remember all right. Well, the machines will be here in a couple of days. Take care of them. Come on, Joe. we got some more calls to make. But I, I don't need that kind of protection, mister. Why, why should anyone want to damage a little tailor shop like this? You never can tell, Mr. Stein. You're new in this neighborhood. You don't know all the angles. Angles? I don't understand. Well, lots of accidents could happen, Mr. Stein. So you better take out one of our policies for your own protection. No. No, you're gangsters, racketeers. You can't force me to pay you money. Get out of my shop. You don't catch on, chum. Get out of my shop, I said. For God's sake, he's going to heave that iron at you. Okay, Stein, we're going, but we'll be back. Because I think you're going to change your mind. Come on, Joe. And when we do come back, protection will cost you double. Cash on the line. And so, guided by the warped, twisted brain of a man still in prison, organized crime moves into the city of Metropolis again. Will Perry White, the fighting mayor, be able to stop it? There's a surprise ahead, gang, so keep listening. Gang, you'll remember that in my dream, Sidney Snigglegrass Jr. rubbed his magic lamp and asked the genie to deport all Americans of foreign ancestry. The genie had agreed, but only on condition that all those people be permitted to take with them what they had created in America. And so vast fleets of boats and barges sprang up, and millions and millions of Americans marched on board. And then Sidney Snigglegrass became petrified with horror. For these millions of people who were taking with them what they had created in America were taking almost everything. They were taking the highways that had been hewn out of the wilderness by the Irish, Slavs, and Swedes, and the many millions of farms made fertile by the Germans and the Dutch. They were loading the billions of garments woven by the Jews and Italians, and whole cities of skyscrapers and subways were going up the gangplank, for these were the things created by the toil of the millions whose ancestors had been foreigners, Protestants, Catholics, and Jews, who had come from the four corners of the world when the call had gone out that America needed immigrants to make America great. And the whistles blew, and the boat sailed away. And there was a great and strange silence. And in that silence, nothing could be heard but the frightened whimpering of Sidney Snigglegrass, Jr., who, gazing over the barren landscape with no highways and cities and farms, cried, Genie! Genie! But there was no answer. For the genie, a foreigner, was on one of the giant boats going back to Baghdad. Now, back to the adventures of Superman. Returning to Metropolis, Kent and Mayor White drive straight to City Hall, where we find them now, preparing for an important press conference. Now, oh, Kent, I hate to think of facing those wolves out there. They'll rip me apart. Oh, come on now, Chief. Since when are you afraid of newspaper reporters? You used to be one yourself. That's just it. I know what I'm up against. Just remember one thing. Don't lose your temper. Laugh off the Daily Blade's charges and point to your past record. It's absolutely spotless. You've driven crime out of Metropolis, given the people clean government. Oh, you know what to say. But not a word about the Ghost Brigade. Well, you stick close and kill me if I go wrong. Okay. Hello? 
Who? Who? Oh, I'll tell him I can't see him now. I'm doing a press conference. Councilman Hammer wants to see me. Oh, what's he up to now? What? Oh, all right, send him in, but I can only give him two minutes. It's vital, he says, and I should see him before I speak to the press. All right, might as well find out what he's up to. Come in. Morning, Your Honor. Morning. Hello, Mr. Kent. Good morning, sir. Well, what is it, Hammer? I'm in a hurry. Of course. But I thought you'd better be informed before you speak to the gentlemen of the press. Informed? Informed about what? They already know about your fabulous villains. Captain Kidd, Nero, and Jesse James. What? Did you tell them? Of course. Thought I'd save you the trouble. You weren't thinking of suppressing news, were you? Why, of I course, Mr. White I... wasn't going to suppress it, Mr. Hammer, but the release of the information now may seriously hamper police investigation. I doubt that very much. All right, if that's all you have to tell me, you'll have to excuse me uh, now. I... I'm not quite finished, Your Well, Honor. speak up, speak up. My time is valuable. There was a special emergency meeting of the city council this morning. Well, why wasn't I informed? It was a closed meeting, Your Honor. And it was decided by a unanimous vote to conduct a full investigation of your administration. Hammer, you're going too far. And in addition, a special city election is to be called in the near future to elect a new mayor. Like a thunderbolt, Councilman Hammer's words explode in White's ears. And he turns to Kent, bewildered and momentarily helpless. But the reporter is also caught off guard and can only stare wordlessly at Hammer whose thin lips are curled in a nasty smile. Now Perry White is caught between two forces. How can he fight them both? When will this parade of disaster end? Lois Lane and young Jimmy Olsen take a hand tomorrow, gang. So don't fail to hear episode six of The Ghost Brigade on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. Watch for the Superman Adventure Serial soon to be shown at your local movie theater. This program came from New York. Stay tuned to your mutual station for Captain Midnight, which follows in just a moment. And right after Captain Midnight, you'll hear Tom Mix and his Ralston Straight Shooters. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.